I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform, and I'd actually been looking around, and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter- user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to, uh, to edit and everything, so you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later, so hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, also, they distribute your podcast for you, so it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that, and you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. Alliance, where we keep real wrestling alive Thank you very much for joining me. Um, so let's let's go ahead and get into. Actually, uh, no, let me tell you why I'm like who I am and uh, why I'm talking. Right. So I am an expert in catch wrestling. I've have uh, many years of experience with the highest level, most authentic coaches in the world. Um, so that means with the the original British lineage and the American lineage of catch wrestling. So that's basically why I'm talking, because of the uh, the experience I have with the most authentic sources for catches catch can wrestling in the world. And so I kind of want to talk about like one thing um, that uh, I, I've experienced a lot, or that I've seen a lot, and um, I've actually written about this um, in the past, about the Olympics and freestyle wrestling in particular, and why the Olympics highlight the need for a return to catch as catch can wrestling. Because what's happened over the years, for for those of you who don't know, and I, I know that many people, uh, many people even who are involved with catch wrestling, uh, they did not know this that amateur or that freestyle wrestling used to be called amateur catch as catch can wrestling. So when the when the modern Olympics started again, uh, they took the two most popular grappling styles of the time, so a French style, and they renamed the French wrestling. They renamed French wrestling into Greco-Roman, and then they took the other most popular style, catch-as-catch-can wrestling, and they just called it amateur catch-as-catch-can. And so, uh, but instantly though they they barred all the submission holds and stuff like that so uh that's why um later on after they changed the name of amateur catches catch can to a much simpler one freestyle um that's why you know freestyle never had um like never had submission holds and stuff like that but over the years uh more and more things got added you know like the the point system and um, um also really short time limits uh, because there were uh, matches that went on for a very long time. And so uh, what we see nowadays is the modern version of freestyle has two three-minute rounds, or basically like the way I kind of see it is like one uh, one six-minute match, and they divide it into two three-minute halves. And um, it so <laughs> like that already kind of negates a lot of the original versions of or the original strategies of catch wrestling. So uh, since catch wrestling did not have time limits in the past, then you can employ strategies where you can like tire your, your opponent out 
Uh, and so then it'll make it much easier for you to then counterattack once they're tired or once they're fatigued, right? So um, that is one of the things that is kind of going on. But then the other thing that I kind of want to mention besides like submissions being really exciting and we and what we see with the threat of a submission hold is like, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people like stuff like or like grappling styles that have submission holds like jujitsu. The whole world has traditional wrestling styles or grappling styles and they're really fun to watch. Um, but um, it seems like around the world, you know, jujitsu is becoming very, very popular. Um, you know, say, especially people who do MMA and stuff like that, it's kind of an integral part of uh, their study, right? Like, you know, their, their training. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think, and I actually, um, you, if anybody feel free to comment, if you're watching this live, you know, feel free to, uh, give me your two cents or whatever, because, um, wrestling, at least, uh, the amateur wrestling that we've seen in, uh, the Olympics, you know, it almost got cut. Actually, it did get cut. But because so many people uh, protested, then it was reinstated. But truly the way it is nowadays, it's become, we say like speed wrestling, right? So um, whoever can rack up the most points. So basically, so especially what you see, or I can put it this way. Like when you see um, like freestyle wrestling in particular, especially like men's freestyle, a lot of it is like double leg after double leg or double leg attempt after double leg attempt. Uh, to try to get around back, try to get those two point, the two point takedown. Um, and that's not exactly the way, well, that, that is just not the way catch wrestling was. And, but the thing is what we see now is that a lot of people and even the announcers in the Olympics, uh, like, like I, this was like almost every session of freestyle when, once the, once the broadcast started, uh, I was watching um, the feed that had the British commentator and uh, like every time they're like, you know, welcome to the oldest sport in the world. And, uh, um, but so they were, they were trying to uh, still kind of create that sense that was the original intention of like renaming French wrestling to Greco-Roman, you know, where they try to recall or make you think that this, what what you're seeing now is what the Greeks and Romans did when it wasn't. Right. And but the, the thing is, because it does take a lot of uh, skill in order to win a gold medal in freestyle or Greco, um, what we're having is a lot of people and like a lot of people with big egos also where they're doing um, these amateur styles of wrestling. And granted, they could be excellent wrestlers just by themselves, just by doing freestyle and Greco but it, it is not complete and it's not complete enough in my opinion, right? So especially when you are used to having such a short time limit, uh, then that can in turn make it where you could gas out really quick in a, in a longer match where there is no, um, there is no break at the three minute mark, right? And then if you're not cognizant of the submission holds, then you're vulnerable to that when you try to compete in that kind of rule set, like a no-gi rule set and what are we seeing when amateur wrestlers like like what tony ramos and uh many others uh once they've tried to do a nogi match they get submitted 
and some of them get submitted very, very fast. All right. So, but the thing is, is like going up into that match, these people, the amateur wrestlers, um, they, you know, had these huge egos and, um, it was almost like, uh, that was their blind spot where it's like, they were so they were so puffed up, right? The ego is so large based off of their, their ability to do amateur wrestling so well, uh, that they had this blind spot where, um, like they didn't, they they were so. They, it's like the, <laughs> it's like the whole thing where it's like the unknown unknowns, where it's like, uh, the, where it's like they didn't know, what, like that what they didn't know, right? That's the whole thing where it's like, there's this big world of submissions, um, even in catch wrestling, right? And but a lot of times these amateur wrestlers are even unaware of their history, and so that's another reason, uh, why I mentioned. Like the Olympics really um, highlight the need for catch wrestling because a lot of these amateur wrestlers have forgotten the the history, right? So they've forgotten that their style came from an older style that had submission holds as well and was actually much more exciting to watch. Even though some of the matches could last a long time, uh, they, they filled up Madison Square Garden. You're not filling up Madison Square Garden with, um, with amateur wrestling. Uh, you are, you know, you can get a lot of people depending on the country and stuff like that, but um, it's not as as practiced uh, as it used to be. And, um, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, potentially like the waning of support because, say, like if someone were to watch uh, any kind of amateur wrestling contest nowadays, so take example, the Olympics and freestyle, uh, they they might just be clueless as to what's going on, right? Because even if the score is tied at the end of the six minutes, uh, then there's all this different criteria that uh, determines the winner. So there is no kind of like, a, there's no sudden death type thing. There's, um, uh, it's just, you know, they have different rules. It's like who scored latest or who, if the score is tied, but uh, whoever scored the four point, take down or whatever then uh then they will win or whatever so a lot of the stuff truly isn't very fair and it's almost like soul crushing to lose by uh at one point or something like if you were the last or like if you got pushed out of the circle right so that's kind of um uh it's almost bizarre and almost anti the spirit of wrestling uh when you look at those types of rules and when you see people losing by these types of things where it's like if they didn't if if they lost by pin that's kind of one thing right but then if they're losing by these point criterias then um it's 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 almost like needless mental anguish for the competitor right so not to say all their hard work was in vain or whatever that they didn't learn anything of value from uh, all their years of training and freestyle and greco um but there's a larger world out there and it's like there's this larger world out there that's kind of like waiting for them because not everyone is able to make the U.S. team. So there's this larger uh, pool of wrestlers who once they graduate college, especially like the United States, there's not much for them besides like maybe trying to do uh, jujitsu or MMA. So um, these are some of the main points where I'm trying to 
explain to you that like catch there is a definite need for catch wrestling because not only is there not much for people who are interested in amateur wrestling uh, once they graduate university but there's more to wrestling than amateur wrestling the the folk style or freestyle or greco styles which all have uh good aspects about them because they like they all have catch wrestling principles in them right so uh there's a lot good there's a lot of good things or a lot of good principles uh to them but there's not enough right so like we can kind of put it this way where it's like a lot of people considered you know catch wrestling to be more of like a uh, a martial art right so you can use it for sport or you can use it for self-defense right it was also taught in our military uh, academies so not only united states but in england and all that so um there's there's these different levels right of almost like a uh to make a complete pie right so there's all these different aspects so like we talk about different aspects of health or physical fitness where it's like you have the flexibility training that needs to be there you need the strength and conditioning right you need uh the sport specific training and stuff like that uh same thing with like martial arts or wrestling styles or grappling styles um and i think that's why we're seeing grappling styles so it's like no gi like uh tonight even there's going to be a uh no gi event like on flow grappling right so we're on flow right so um and then i know some people who are going to be competing in no gi tonight so um it's like you we're not seeing the frequency of events for amateur wrestling like we're seeing with like nogi like nogi is like really growing right now so um it's providing like places for people to go especially grapplers who are wrestlers who did amateur styles uh up until college and then after they graduate you know maybe they don't want to go to the olympics or maybe they didn't qualify or whatever so nogi is actually waiting for them right but something that would be even more exciting because it's more fast paced really is catch wrestling because of the uh the pin right so you can't stay on your back for too long right? or you get pinned um you can't and then there's and the other thing is like points so earlier i was talking about points where it's like it's soul crushing to lose by a point or whatever where it's like truly like if someone pushed you out of the ring and they that put them over by one point that's uh, not real dominance right um because i mean you know some people might argue where it's like well you you should have stayed towards the middle or whatever but you know like like seriously that's not real dominance right like uh holding someone down right you know riding them so riding their legs keeping them down keeping them uh, flat uh and the other thing too is like some of the things that they give points for uh in freestyle in particular is like rolling the person over several times where you can win the match like once you've passed a, a 10 point difference in your score um that again doesn't necessarily show that you can submit them or or um, or even pin them because you're just rolling them over and over um so there's a there's a lot to be desired and i think that that's why a lot of people didn't even like don't even watch all right so i don't know how how well viewed um the Olympics are in general. It seems like uh, uh, this year, 
like even the Olympics in general weren't aren't weren't viewed as much as previous years. I think that's also just waning in general. But um, uh, so th those are kind of like my main points. Where it's like points are like almost like anti wrestling, <laughs> um, and also the short time limits. Um, uh, also, you know, like the the forgetting of the roots of wrestling and especially freestyle since it came from catches catch can and freestyle used to be called amateur catches catch can uh it, all these things are very very important and uh, should not be forgotten right it catches catch can was so popular that again like when they did the when they started doing the olympics again they included that as one of the two main wrestling styles of the day like the two main popular most popular styles of that day um, uh, were included right so nowadays there are actually one of the sessions of the freestyle wrestling uh one of the the british announcer maybe, maybe because he was british you know he, he made sure to talk about catches catch can wrestling uh of course he was not an expert but at least he, he talked about how like oh you know freestyle came from catches catch can you know and so at least there was some mention here and there but there's not a thorough understanding of it um and i think that's ultimately a shame because then what we have or i've seen a lot of uh, people commenting uh, not necessarily negatively but you see people commenting where it's like their understanding of wrestling or what they believe to be real wrestling is these styles that were uh that 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 came from catches catch can right but who that, it, that these styles have been somewhat neutered right where it's like like i said point system short time limits um no submission holds etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh then nowadays since people don't know the history then they're thinking these almost like distorted thoughts of what real wrestling is so we've seen i've seen these types of comments like all over the internet um and so like i was talking earlier about the egos where it's like then you get these people who like they don't know the history they don't know that the style that they love so much as as fun as fun as it may be for them uh is almost like an incomplete version right um and so the, then they're they uh, they think that oh that what they what they like is is real wrestling um which it is a real wrestling style but again it came it is like not the it is like the we can think of like the what it literally is the amateur version of a, the professional style that their amateur version came from and if they only had that appreciation for the original professional version uh i think the the egos might be uh calm down a little bit uh because again we're seeing we're seeing these great amateur wrestlers just getting submitted so quickly in nogi so that uh, that is a problem all right so i think uh i think i've kind of made the main points uh you know feel free to comment uh whatever you have you know you can uh, <clears throat> you can let me know uh even if you disagree with me that's totally fine because uh, I kind of want uh, to have like this more open dialogue to, to let you guys know kind of like the catch wrestling perspective um, and, you know, kind of have more of a common ground because I think a lot of 
people even nowadays uh, have a little bit more of the jujitsu background. So they're usually approaching catch wrestling from a jujitsu perspective. So uh, we all have different backgrounds. So uh, we can go ahead and talk about it. All right. So actually, we have a few comments. So Takero Man 91, let's see what, what you have to say. Any tips to improve your mount to avoid being swept while in high mount? Um, just don't, don't, I usually don't stay in mount. Um, yeah, like and in catch wrestling, if you're if you've mounted them and it's longer than two seconds, then you've won. Um, so if you're doing nogi, then you know, like, what are you gonna do in mount? What are you do? What are you gonna do in mount, homie? You got to set up something, right? So you got to set up your submission. Uh, a lot of times you can do uh, arm bars or triangles from a high mount or whatever. Uh, quite often, if I'm rolling a nogi, I, I don't stay in mount. I, I set up something else from side control. Uh, okay, Takero Man. Favorite grips in catch wrestling? S grip. That's it. <laughs> right? That, that's like the grip, uh, even over the gable grip or whatever. Uh, Takero Man 91, uh, favorite Olympic performance so far? Uh, actually, I want to do a video about it. Uh, actually, actually, that's a good question. One, one of the things actually I did want to mention or I want to talk about um, is uh, like the, a lot of the women's matches, I think, displayed a little bit more of a variety of techniques uh, than a lot of the men's matches, where it's just like um, single or... Um, double leg attempt after double leg attempt. So I wanted to do, uh, I did one video already this week with a freestyle wrestling champ from Hungary. She was also, or Hungary. Uh, she was also a uh, European judo black belt uh, champion, um, Francesca. So she, if you look at our, our YouTube channel, uh, check out the video. We kind of do an uh, homage to the way Adeline Gray does her single leg. Um, uh, we know the thing. So yeah, when an amateur wrestler commented like, oh, it's not exactly the same, but, uh, is pretty close to the same. It's just the video that I used, um, in, of, of Adeline doing the takedown, uh, was one of many times that she did this takedown. So even when she does it, it's always a little bit different. Her opponent reacts a little differently. Um, so that's another thing about wrestling. It's, it should be more principle-based as opposed to like, oh, you do the, the technique this way, this way, this way, and someone is supposed to react a certain way. It's just not true. So we're even in the Olympics, we're seeing uh, in, in the women's division, or well, you know, all the divisions, right? You're getting people from coming from different countries, different backgrounds and stuff, so they're not always going to uh, uh, react the way you expect them to. So in the, our video we just showed kind of a typical follow through. Um, so don't get too upset, right? So we're, we're just showing you the main principles, right? Uh, yeah, because I think, I think that's so weird when someone's like, well, it wasn't exactly like the video, but it's like in the video, the video would have been really long if we, if I, because I did have a video of Adeline doing the same takedown, because I think that's like her go-to single leg, because uh, she did it, or she attempted it uh, in virtually every match she had. So um, if I were to put them all in one video, I think you guys would get bored. So I just put one, right? So um, anyway, I'm not too worried about 
criticism. I, I just think it's funny that like someone has someone had to comment like, well, not exactly whatever. Um, but yeah, I think the the women's division. And so besides Adeline Gray, there was um, Bulgarian uh, woman Nikolova in a different weight division. I think it was the same weight division as Helen Maruli's. Um, she did a really cool. Um, a really cool takedown where like it was a counter attack to a single leg attempt uh, her opponent uh got the single leg you know lifted the leg up and she started to defend kind of in a more more of a orthodox or kind of like a, a conventional way of defending but then she turned it into a takedown uh which is a which would be a variation of a scissor takedown that in grappling a lot of people consider the scissor takedown to be um like a potentially dangerous or like the it, i think there's even some videos on youtube where they talk about the most dangerous takedown in grappling and so because you can like when you when you scissor your leg around the other person's leg there's a potential of you know putting a lot of pressure on their knee or their ankle and so sometimes people get their ankles broken um like when someone's doing the scissor takedown um so the Bulgarian woman Nikolova, she did a variation of it where she where she was able to get a takedown and ultimately it led to a pin. Um, so I definitely want to do a video about that so you guys can see this other type of um, takedown that can give you guys a, a maybe a safer version of the scissor takedown where you don't actually have to scissor the leg, but you're kind of a half scissor and you can still uh, pull the person down and you can go for a leg lock or a pin, which uh which is why i wanted to highlight that one um but like a lot of the men's matches i was seeing it's like a lot of it is just like single leg attempt after single leg attempt um so maybe i'll bring you more of the women's thing so even um uh yeah some yeah there's some other women's matches that had a variety of techniques so i think we'll probably show those more than the men's all right Okay, you say Edgar or Eo Agar. Uh, you should get in contact with Hema YouTubers. Okay, sounds good. They should get in contact with me. Takero right? <laughs> Man 91. Did you watch the Pitbull versus McKee match? No, I didn't watch it. I think McKee won, right? Or something. I didn't watch. Uh, any good tips to break up hand grips in person, uh, on person, hips, waist? Hmm. Um, uh, I'd have to make a video about it really, but try to, you know, basically in order to stop a lot of people's attacks, actually there, yeah, there was a good match, a uh, good women's freestyle match. It was a, one of Adeline Gray's match. She was able to get, she was able to use her go-to uh, a takedown uh, on, I think it was for, I think it was in the semifinal, uh, and the woman's name, the opponent's name was Adair, uh, and so uh, she got taken down, but instantly she got wrist control on Adeline, and uh, <clears throat> that really prevented uh, Adeline Gray from getting a leg lace and rolling her over. So she actually had to just kind of give up because like 
uh, once she got taken down, once the dare got taken down, she she reached for the wrist, and uh, that just and she just kept it by her side. So that really prevented um, someone from you know or Adeline in particular to you know follow through with like a leg lace or any kind of gut wrench or anything like that. So if you're talking about breaking up the hand grips in person uh, without being able to show you on this live stream, um, I can just say like, try to prevent it, right? Try to prevent these things uh, by getting risk control first, right? Uh, then you can have a lot more control over uh, the counters or the counter attacks on a person. All right. Thoughts on the success of wrestling in... Let me see. Success of wrestling in the region, oh, in the Caucasus region of Russia, Ukraine, Georgia, etc. Do you think they train differently? Yeah, potentially, potentially. Um, yeah, but I mean, again, like, be, I think because of, like, say, like the point system, short time limits, all these things, it's not like they 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 win all the gold medals and stuff because there's so many. Basically, you have to be perfect uh, be, because of the point system really so you, you have to be perfect and not give up any of these points or you, you have to make sure that you don't get pushed out of the ring right so you don't give up that one point that can uh that can lose you the match and stuff like that so um uh they're, they're good and they're successful you know everyone was successful but it's not like uh, it's not like the americans or the team usa isn't winning gold medals either so uh, everyone's training very hard. Um, I think there's some. I think <laughs> I think in the United States, maybe people don't care as much about Greco, so that's why you don't really see the Americans, you know, really dominating that. Uh, you see that, uh, like even uh, Francesca, uh, the woman in the in our video this week, um, you know, she was even saying like it's Greco and stuff is really more popular, kind of like Eastern Europe and all that. Anyway, I think so. Then the popularity kind of dictates like how many people are in that sport, and so then you can have a deeper pool of talent that can perform well. Uh, Mark R. Takero man, they train Olympic styles in Europe from day one in amateur. In the states, they do folk and college styles. Maybe that's why uh, Mark has a, a good point as well, and this is actually a big debate that's going on in the like in in the United States, where um, like when even though Americans are winning medals in freestyle, uh, a lot of a lot of people who are fans of the of amateur wrestling they uh, they they are calling for the elimination of folk style wrestling. So that's for, for those of you who don't know these little uh, differences or the, the, or these different names of styles. So in the United States only, right, the style that is practiced like that. Like say if you go to like a regular uh, public school in the United States in our public school systems, um, if you were to do wrestling, right, if you were to take a wrestling class or after school wrestling club chances are it's what we call folk style wrestling. Sometimes people call it like scholastic wrestling, um, but this is the style of wrestling that you would do. And then the style of wrestling that we do in the NCAA, so in the collegiate level, it is this folk style wrestling. The, the, the rules change a little bit between you know high school and uh, university, 
but needless to say neither of these versions are freestyle wrestling so um that is one of the arguments that people are bringing up as to why we should eliminate freestyle uh, sorry why we should eliminate folk style and only focus on freestyle wrestling so that our 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 people if they like if they want to compete in the olympics instead of like say wasting all these years doing folk style then they would have they would have built up their freestyle skills if we just eliminate folk style so maybe we could win all the gold medals or whatever um so this is an argument and and it actually I think it's valid where it's like if that is your goal to um only get gold medals at the olympics sure and so so since our country the united states is the only country that does that uh that's why you'll see um these rivalries between you know say like countries that are strong in wrestling like iran or russia or even like india has a lot of good uh competitors as well uh and women's divisions um they also have other good wrestling countries for women you know like mongolia and japan um so you're seeing these um these other countries that only do uh, uh freestyle and then th this is kind of one of the things they even talked about that I, I saw when I was in China, but uh, they also talked about it in the Olympic broadcast where uh, I, I believe it was one competitor from, it could have been Iran, um, but they were talking about a certain region where there was a traditional grappling style. And over the years, because of, uh, because of the presence of freestyle, that the traditional style of this certain region, and it wasn't like a uh, um, like a wrestling style whose name I remember, right? Um, so sorry about that, but it seemed like a more obscure style that was like in like this, you know, the small region. And they said that this small style um, it changed its rules to basically be like freestyle uh, because of that, where it's like. Uh, say like unlike in the United States where we have you can think our our folk style wrestling could be just that like folk style like a, of the people kind of style right um, but because of the presence of the Olympics and freestyle then it, it would be like if we just change if we just got rid of folk style and changed all the rules to whatever the freestyle rules are and that can help um, make more like a, a larger pool of competitors uh that can then go compete at the olympics as well so they can compete at the the village level or the the county level or whatever and then you know you can get you can get talent from there so there's also it's something that i saw when i was in china there's uh in yunnan province there's um the the indigenous people there they're called the e uh e people and so then they have their own type of wrestling which is really similar to freestyle so you're actually getting um them kind of using freestyle rules a lot as well uh, but they also are sending um like really good competitors uh to like you know the regional level so then like the province level uh then some of them later on go to the national level etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's kind of the what that's kind of the thought behind like it just eliminating folk style from the united states uh which again would kind of be sad right uh, because i think folk style is a little bit closer to catch wrestling rules 
than freestyle is. And so both of the both of these styles came from catch wrestling, but um, just because they have different um, different people running them, and uh, we that's why you see these subtle differences between uh, freestyle and folk style, even though they have the same parent, right? The same parent style, which is catch wrestling. Oh, Mark, thank you. So this is uh, exactly well explained. Okay, yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's not like I don't like these styles. I, I appreciate all of the these grappling styles. Um, but again, I'm here <laughs> talking about catch wrestling, and uh, I would appreciate it if if these people practicing these other amateur styles that came from catch wrestling, if they had the same appreciation of catch wrestling as I do of these amateur styles. All right. Takero man, do you notice that your grappling can be negated by grapplers with certain, certain body style? I don't, I don't kind of, I don't understand that too much. Do you mean like uh, different body types? Uh, yeah, you get, you always have to modify things according to body types. Um, if we talk about uh, some, say if you have a match between someone who's like a really good amateur wrestler and you're a catch wrestler, right, then chances are you're going to want to be using your submission holds against that person, right? Instead of, so you can kind of think simply, and I know even my good friend, uh, John Strickland on the East Coast, he, he says something along these lines um, where it's like you want to, like grapple a wrestler or you want to use your submission holds uh to counter a wrestler who is going to want to try to put you on your back right um and if you go up against like a jiu-jitsu person a grappler then you could be using your wrestling against them to try to get on top you try to pin them and set up your submission uh so that can be kind of a way to think about it uh yeah they're different body types as well so yeah it's a taquero man body types that's what you're talking about right um no, but you can be going for different things. I mean, if, if someone's like huge and like really big and strong, then yeah, maybe you can uh, try going for like you, basically you, if they're big and strong, like they say like a, a their whole arm isolated, you know, using your whole body against their one arm will show that your body is stronger than their one arm. So that's kind of one of the things you want to try to do where it's like, uh, you don't necessarily try to hold them down or try to throw them around by their body, by the, their core, like, you know, like their torso. Uh, but you see if you can't isolate a limb that you can manipulate with using your body strength. So um, that's one way you can also think about that, where it's like, say, if you go up against some huge, like the the rock or, you know, some giant person who's like really muscular or whatever, uh, you don't think about controlling that entire person but think about controlling a, a, a smaller portion right so you know it's kind of like the argument with what for leg locks and all that where it's like oh you're whatever the people were talking about passing guard and whatever but you know they were ignoring a tiny percentage of the body or something something along those lines um so you can think about that where it's like you see a giant person don't necessarily be intimidated but see if you can't get where you can control a smaller percentage of their body right and then you can try for your submission hold or you can you can use your um 
your figure four, so like your double wrist lock position or your key lock position uh, to pin them or to submit them, all right? Because in catch wrestling, these wrestling holds can potentially turn into submission holds as well. So hopefully that answers your question. So don't be intimidated. And uh, quite often it's like, uh, even when I did kickboxing tournaments, I noticed this more in kickboxing. So I think for some reason, um, uh, there are some people that, who are really uh, trying to intimidate others. And so there'd be guys at these kickboxing tournaments where they were like, you know, trying to uh, jump around and just look really intimidating and, you know, kind of just show like, I don't know, just how scary they were, but like, I've seen like guys like that at the beginning of the tournament and then those same guys at the end where they were like knocked out or really injured or like so so quite often the look even as intimidating as it might be at first um don't let it get to you right I mean I know there's there's a a lot there's a lot more to winning than just like how you look or, or even just the physical fitness, you know, you have to have the skill there. And also once you have the skill, like the techniques, you have to have the mentality, right? So you have to be brave enough to compete, but then once you're competing, you have to have the knowledge and the experience uh, so that you can counter certain moves or counter certain attacks, or even if they, the counter attacks you, you um, might not have seen before. So you have to know, like, you know, and understand, when to use certain principles, right? So then that in turn can help you to implement different techniques. So whether it be like a pinning technique or a submission hold or, you know, different types of wrestling holds, uh, that is where like kind of like the discernment comes in. So there's a lot that goes into like winning a match more than just like how big your muscles are, right? All right. Any more questions or comments? Feel free to feel free to comment. Hopefully, I made my point where um, you know, like uh, I you know, I enjoy watching these amateur styles. You know, I appreciate them. Um, I wish they appreciated catch wrestling back. I think it would make them more successful. I, I think it would make amateur wrestlers more successful in like no gi matches or you know submission grappling matches if they incorporated catch wrestling over even doing some kind of no-gi jiu-jitsu. Um, so I wish they shared this appreciation of catch wrestling. So that's ultimately my point where it's like, um, uh, you know, like don't necessarily have the biggest ego if you only do amateur wrestling because we, we've seen in the past few years, especially before COVID, there was like a... Um, quite a few matches where it's like these big time us amateur wrestlers just getting submitted in no gi so um we even had like a really good ncaa wrestler compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament and um yeah still didn't like he, he could dominate you know, like ncaa champion uh ed ruth right and he, i think he he didn't win like these jiu-jitsu tournaments and stuff so um so that wasn't like as large a scale as like some of these uh, uh, these other these other matches like uh, it was a Nicky Ryan versus uh, Ramos, right? So, um, but yeah, they still happen. There's like quite a bit uh, of that happening. Uh, 
yeah, so Mark's comment, uh, let me go ahead and read it for you here. So a good catch guy, um, legitimate shooter should beat a pure wrestler eventually. Pure wrestlers used to fear the shooter. That That's correct. And so then this is why uh, they talked about these differences. And they, they, they actually kind of put it more simply, where it's like you're amateur or you're pro. So once you go pro, you have to be learning these other holds, right? And so actually, um, I know a lot of stories from Dick Cardinal, who was a really good uh, catch wrestler, but also did, uh, you know, like pro. He also did the different uh, AT shows and stuff. And so that's, that's what that's kind of what he uh, would talk about, where it's like you have these really good uh, amateur wrestlers coming at you. So you had to uh, use their attacks and then try to counter them. And ideally, if you can submit them really quickly, then yeah, you can like you you would win right um so and that's that used to be the way people saw these differences right and so quite simply it was put as like pro or amateur right so it's like the pro version was the more dangerous more uh, should have been more the the exciting way um and then the amateur was a safer way right so the amateur version still can teach you a lot of great fundamentals but once you do pro then the level of danger goes up um, and, you know, so you have all these other like pain compliance moves and uh, submission holds and stuff that you have to be concerned about. Right. But yeah, it, it seemed to be more universally understood back in the day. Right. Like so early 1900s. Taquero man. Thoughts on learning grappling online. Is a partner required to complete the CWA Academy course? Uh, no, a partner isn't required, but it's it's helpful. <laughs> we have some people um, training on like the training dummies and stuff. But then, so it's kind of like uh, the like they'll train on a training dummy primarily. But then when they when they have a partner, then they they'll train with a partner. But ultimately, it's about like say like learning the techniques, learning the principles, and then learning when and how to apply uh, when you're grappling. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully I was able to answer your guys' questions. So Takero Man and Mark R, uh, thank you for um, for commenting and asking questions and stuff. But yeah, I think you guys are uh, understanding a lot. So hopefully uh, you, ca you can understand my point of view. And um, hopefully everyone can appreciate catch wrestling more. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I think maybe... Uh, We've been talking for a little while. We've been having a nice chat, so we'll go ahead and uh, end it here. But Takuro Man mentioned uh, the CWA Academy, so that if you go to our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com, uh, you can join. If there's no catch wrestling school nearby you, you can uh, do our online courses and build up from there. We also have other courses uh, up there on our website if you want to just, just do in individual courses. Uh, we have them up on our website as well. Uh, we also have memberships to our YouTube channel. So if you guys want to see some of the videos that we have behind that pay paywall, uh, there's a bunch of cool videos up there and we want to try to add more. Um, so, you know, feel free to um, join there. Or we also have like a small membership to our YouTube channel. It's like $2 a month or something if you want to uh, support us and what we're doing. So hopefully we can get um, some events going on. Uh, now that it's, it's kind of crazy here in Los Angeles right now because um, 
a lot of people got vaccinated real quick. And so then the numbers died down of COVID, but um, I think that all that stalled. And so then now we're having a little bit of a resurgence of the new COVID variants. And I don't know how, uh, how things are going to be going with some restrictions and stuff. Um, so um, yeah, we'll see. So hopefully if we, if we keep everything kind of small or whatever with no audience, I think that should be fine. All right. So uh, thank you very much for watching or listening and supporting. All right. So together we'll keep real wrestling alive.